This is the Date Night Podcast with Amber and Kurt. Welcome to the Date Night Podcast with Amber and Kurt. I'm Kurt. I'm Amber. How are you, Amber? Hanging in there. End of a week. It is. It's Friday night when we're recording this. Friday night. Yes. Pretty good night for a date. Absolutely. And by date, we mean sitting in our basement recording a podcast, but (laughs) you know, that's cool. Dates, dates are weird. When, when, when you have kids, it is. Yeah. You know, our kids are of age that we can go out. Yeah. We should do that. We should. Anyway. Anyway, that's not what this is about. Amber, I want to tell you about a news story that I found. (laughs) I am anxiously anticipating this because you were reading me some of the headlines that you didn't choose. (laughs) Yes. So I'm fearful of what you did choose. Do you you remember a common thread? I I did read you like three or four. Do you remember a common theme between all the ones I read you? Or some of them? Most of them? They had animals. No. Wildlife. Massachusetts. Oh, I didn't catch that. I was catching more of the animals. Okay. (laughs) Well, I think three of the four I read you uh, were in Massachusetts. Okay. My story is also in Massachusetts. Oh, delightful. So in Massachusetts, there's a bridge that runs from uh, Boston to Cambridge. Okay. And the Massachusetts Department of Transportation, they're having a bit of a problem. Oh, I think I read this story. Well, don't let, let me let me get into it here before you <laughs> yes. respond. So, so th- there's a a safety a bike safety pilot program yes. that's being implemented, and and I don't know much much about the details, but uh, part of this program, uh, I, I'm assuming, is is creating somewhat of a bike lane across mm-hmm. this bridge. Yes, because bikes, you know, as 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 avid bikers ourselves, avid. Leisure, anyways. Avid, uh, avid is right. Avid. Um, people don't look cyclists. out. Cyclists. People don't look out for cyclists. Yeah, not bikers. We are, no, we're, we're not <laughs> bikers. We used to be. We used to be. But we're digressing. We're cyclists, anyway. Yeah. Yes, we 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 cyclists. What? People don't look out for cyclists. They We've don't. had some close calls. We have. Yes. yes. So I I imagine some sort of cone. Uh, it's a pilot program. They're they're using road cones to to like the orange traffic cones? orange traffic cones. You, you know the story, oh, don't you? I I have read the story, Dang but it. keep going, keep going. So the Massachusetts Department of Transportation is having a problem now because people are throwing the road cones over the bridge <laughs> into the river. Is this like a protest? I don't of know the the program. It, like it feels like it. Now, is this like motorists being upset <laughs> that cyclists are on the road and they're like, "We will not share the road," and they're like checking take the cones. My lane back, right? Like that's what I feel like it would be. I, I don't know, but the the <laughs> so this is the Charles River. I don't know the area real well, but the Massachusetts Department of Transportation says they've recovered roughly a hundred orange cones out of the river. 100 orange cones roughly 100 orange cones they don't know who's chucking them but they but these are not all thrown at once no no these are these are not thrown at once in the in the time that that this has begun this pilot program to to just the other day when this article was written they've recovered uh, over 100 or roughly 100 orange road cones from the charles river i have questions yeah, and the article doesn't give any answers. So sorry about that, everybody. 
Um, <laughs> here, I want to read you a quote. I want to read you a okay. quote. Okay, um, all right. This is, I think, what I love the best. Um, so <laughs> the Massachusetts DOT, uh-huh. um, well, what, what month is it? Uh, right now it's March. It's March. So like winter? Where, where did we live most of our life? In the Midwest, along Mi- the river. Along the river. What happens to a river? It freezes. It freezes. Here's a quote from the Massachusetts DOT Highway Administrator. And I quote, he's talking about the cone, recovering the cones. And I quote, it is a little bit of a dicey operation whenever you have ice on the river. It can be dangerous. <laughs> They're sending people onto an icy river to recover these orange road, like these hundred orange road cones. I don't know, man. Let them go. Just let them go. Well, I mean, if it's frozen, they, well, I mean, like, they don't want them to fall into the river and pollute the river. Like, I understand that. But, like, they shouldn't. That's a good point. They shouldn't, in theory, be floating down the river, right? It should just, like, maybe they should put a net. Like Who's a net? Well, like, if they could stretch her across the river <laughs> and she could catch them. I'm so- I thought you were going to let that one go. Sorry for everybody listening. Um, our kids really love Phineas and Ferb. And there's a, a oh, line. Oh, stop. It is not our kids. We all love we Phineas all and love Ferb. We all love Phineas and Ferb. There, there's a line in a Phineas and Ferb movie where a kid says, you put a net in the middle and you have a a court. And, and a kid, one of the other characters says, who's a net? <laughs> and then he goes, who's, no, seriously, no, who's a net? <laughs> so anytime one of us Ooh. says, a net. That's the line. So, anyway. So, that's that's the Massachusetts DOT right now. They're really struggling to keep the road cones on this bridge between Boston and Cambridge. Honestly, it's the cyclists that suffer, honey. Again, I, I have questions. <laughs> I have At what point uh, do you stop putting road cones and find some other alternative? Uh, not yet, apparently, because they're still doing it. I, I just thought this story was so funny. I, I love the... I just loved the quote. I, I love the quote so much of like, it's just a dicey operation. <laughs> you got to send all these 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 orange vested state employees onto the icy poor, river. Poor state employees. Those poor guys. Whoever drew the short straw has to go out onto the ice to rescue. Yep. Oi. Oi. Well, Amber, whether you knew it or not, that happened. <laughs> Amber, yes. I, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight, and I want us to share a little bit tonight the uh, second part of our last podcast. Or if you remember, uh, if you listened, um, our last episode, episode four, was an episode about what it was like to be married with one of us working in full-time ministry. Yes. This is episode two. This is the second part of that. It's part two. Part not two. Episode two. Oh, part yeah. two. Part two. Part two, not episode two. <laughs> part one was married, and part two is parenting mm-hmm. in ministry. We, yes. I, I want to talk to you a little bit. This is something we talk about, like in passing a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't know that we often sit down and talk like this. Let's uh, just let's just let's just address the elephant in the room. We are amazing parents. Amazing. We have all of this figured out, and we just want to share all of our 
wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the last episode about Oy. marriage, our disclaimer was um, that we didn't have it all figured out and maybe we weren't the right people to give advice. I think this time what I'd like to say is we are absolutely the right people to give advice. Oh, yeah. We are crushing this parenting thing. Yeah. I feel like we could do a whole episode on ways that we're not <laughs> crushing parenting. I can tell you what not to do because... Here's so listener listeners. I'm addressing the listeners now. Yes. Here's just a look into our parenting. We we just got done watching a movie as a family, mm-hmm. and we had pizza, mm-hmm. and we just left our daughter who who would burp and do the motion like if you were gonna honk a semi horn where you pull the pull the cable <laughs> up over your head mm-hmm. or you you want to make a truck honk on the highway you remember mm-hmm. that game when oh yeah 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 our daughter would do that and burp at the same time uh make her she can make of course she can make herself burp so. because you know nothing makes you prouder than hearing your nine-year-old yeah making herself burp mm-hmm. i've, I've never <sighs> oh, i've never been i've never been prouder of my nine-year-old daughter <laughs> Or, or me as a parent. <laughs> I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, Amber, about parenting. Mm-hmm. And, and both of us felt like we were generally just failing. Oh. I mean, yeah. within reason. Yeah. I, I think what we settled on was like parenting feels like just trying to suck a little bit less every day. Yeah. And, yeah. And that, that feels like what parenting is. Yeah. That, anyway. That's fairly. Okay. Anyway, this is not a parenting podcast. Disclaimer for real. We are going to talk about parenting. We don't claim to be perfect parents. We don't claim to have anything figured out. We, what we claim to do is we claim that we love Jesus and that we are doing the very best that we can do to love Jesus and help our kids love Jesus and, and to raise our kids. Well, we're just trying our best. Yes. Some days are better than others. And the rest is up to God to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to yes. work out. So, yes. so, so I've got a, a, just a few questions here, Amber, that I want to pose to you, and I want us just to talk about just okay. a little bit. Okay. C- can I just ask you the first one? Fire away. Um, so again, just to clarify, the context of this is, what is it like to to try to raise kids? Um, you know, with with me working in full time ministry, we we mm-hmm. live in a parsonage right next to the church. Mm-hmm. What's it like to raise a kid and um, or raise kids? And, and when we talked marriage, we we wanted to kind of pass on, like mm-hmm. pass mm-hmm. on some things that we've learned. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think yeah, maybe that could be a thing here too. Yeah. maybe this is helpful sure. for either either people that are going to experience this, are experiencing it, or maybe even people that have a pastor with kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody who who's um grew up as a as a pastor's kids yeah. that have some insight that could share with us what they found as helpful or maybe not helpful yeah you know yeah so, so here's the first question okay how would you answer this question? How is parenting different or how does it feel different than uh, th- than than the parenting we did before I worked in full-time vocational ministry? Well, 
this is I think this is a little bit tricky because when you were in when you started in seminary the the kids were little little um so when you started Ella was in preschool No I, Ella would have been 3 yeah, so she's... Oh, yeah, I guess that's not far. <laughs> I was like, no way. No, that's yeah. not far. Yeah, she'd have so been three. She yeah, so she was three and Cooper would have been then six-ish. Yeah, six-ish, yeah. So, you know, they they were really young. And I think parenting young kids, like three-year-old, mm-hmm. is, is just very different than parenting a nine- and 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. So... I think a little bit we are a little bit a little bit comparing apples and oranges because of, of that age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think I think it's a little bit tricky, um, but yeah. And, and so here's the other trick. Like I I want to talk about this, but here's the tension I feel. I don't know how to word this differently, but but obviously the objective hasn't changed, right? The, the objective right. of what we want for our kids that hasn't changed, whether whether I work for a church or not, right? Right. I I will say that I think what the what I see the major difference is in in parenting our our parenting styles from pre vocational ministry to post vocational ministry, like currently is the growth we did as individuals. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's good. Because I can point to things um, that I've worked on, that I've noticed in myself that has that I have worked on, which then also changes how I approach sure. parenting. So, like, you know... Anyone who knows our daughter and anyone who knows me, like we are, we are very different. We see the world very differently. Mm-hmm. And there was a time that I was trying to get her to see the world as I see it. And I, and I, I, yeah, I, I, I did what I could to try to get her to conform to what I saw or what I thought and as I did that work on myself I realized like she doesn't have to conform to what I think right like we are very different we have different personalities we have different approaches and that's beautiful because there's intentional creation in that right but but I had to I had to come to that as myself which then allowed her which allowed me to allow her to be in in her world like does that make sense like yeah yeah so what you're saying is that as as we made the shift as a family that that you feel like that work happened when the transition into a family that is in full-time ministry that work happened in that context is what you're saying yeah we that was all just kind of all part of that whole journey and experience of of working on ourselves i think had we not really started to dig into 
who we are and the and the things that kind of drive us and our own systems and first formations and again this is a whole faith walking <laughs> advertisement but um I think had we not done that, I think our relationship with our kids would be very different. Yeah, yeah. What what comes to mind to you when you hear the word, uh, the the words, PK or the letters PK or pastor's kid? Because we didn't we didn't have pastor's kids. Our kids became pastor's kids, right? right? Like right, they weren't born into being pastor's kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What do you think of when you hear pastor's kid? I mean. I, my initial response is like, oh, they're always like the naughty kids or like the bad kids. That's always been, you know, like that's kind of how you grow up a little bit of like, oh, you always hear that the pastor's kids are all these, you know, terrible kids, <laughs> terrible kids. And they're like, yeah, if someone's going to misbehave in the Sunday school class, it's, oh, it's always the <laughs> pastor's kids, right? Like somebody's going to drop the F word. It's probably going to be, gonna the, be pastor's the pastor's kid, kid right? <laughs> like, so, yeah, so so that's kind of where <laughs> where i have my foundation um but now having pastor's kids i think that's a different a different uh mindset it's interesting no one no one says oh they're a nurse's kid or mm, oh mm-hmm. they're, they're an hr generalist kid oh they're a production supervisor right kid. I, I think i'm present to the reality that like instantly our kids get a title a label yeah a a label yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and let's let's be clear we've we've not really had a bad experience with this right no no we we are very i think we're a little hyper aware of it yeah yeah um but but yeah i think i i think it is interesting how um now being kind of in that full-time ministry position you you notice you notice the labels that can kind of come up um whether intentionally or not intentionally um and and so you know you kind of become hyper aware of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the labels so yeah it is interesting that pastor's kids get the the label yeah yeah all right do you want to say anything else about that before i go to the next question Okay, so this is going to be a long-form question. You and I lately have had a number of conversations um, about things that have stirred in us and and have been aware of um, comments um, that that people have made, not in relation to our kids or anybody else's kids, but... um, just just maybe in a season that we're in, we, we, we occasionally will hear this sentiment of, of like, well, what will people think? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what context you said this to mm-hmm. me in the other day, but you made the comment. I, I think you were talking about faith walking in your first formation, maybe. Yeah. Uh, about yeah. The, the context of like, well, what, what would people think? Oh, mm-hmm. I remember the context. It, it was a church context mm-hmm. from your, from my, from yeah. your first, your mm-hmm. childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk a little bit about this idea of parenting kids? So I, I'm a church staff member, mm-hmm. parenting kids, um, and, and wrestling with this question that, that we, so, so this is not a question about anybody else other than us. Mm-hmm. Again, faith walking says our response is our response. Right. 
can, can you can you kick us off a little bit and, and maybe say a little bit about this temptation to wonder what people are going to think about us based on how we parent? Yeah. So when we really came back to the faith, um, we were a part of that part of a church plant that was a very casual environment, very mm-hmm. like wanted we're very intentional about the unchurched, dechurched mm-hmm. coming into a church and wanting them to feel comfortable. Yeah. So when the kids were born, their home church was a very casual church. It was very, very casual, casual. you know, like jeans and sweatshirts, you know. I was, to be clear, how casual this is, I was on staff and I wore a baseball cap. Like, you were on leadership. At that time, you were on leadership team and yeah. would wear a baseball cap. Like on purpose to create a space. To create a, yes. to create the, yeah, the space to allow people to go, okay, it's okay. It's okay. That I show up in what I'm wearing. Yep. So, so when our kids were born, that's kind of the, the church dynamic that they grew up in. Uh, that they they started in, um, you know, like again, it was a church plant, so we were there from start to finish, set up to tear down, and the kids ran around. Like the the dynamic was very different, and so when we kind of transitioned into a different church, it was like, oh wait, you, like you can't just go, you know, like we we were meeting in a gymnasium initially, yeah, and then we yeah. move into like a sanctuary, and it's like, no, you can't just run all willy-nilly in the church but like realizing well their their association with church a church building is very different yeah yeah. you know and so the yeah so we've had this conversation numerous times as we've transitioned of like what are the expectations Mm -hmm. um and and yeah what will people think if you know the kids come to church with jeans on or yeah, with yeah. athletic pants or you know whatnot yeah yeah and and as you're talking I, I think it's probably worth saying I think every parent probably wrestles with this like what are other people gonna think yeah me? yeah for um, sure yeah I think it's really well put I, I think because because as parents um we, I think we wrestle with our kids are a reflection of on us. Right. And so if the kids don't behave, and I think, again, it's across the board, right? Like Mm -hmm. every parent Mm -hmm. wrestles with this. Yeah. And which like, if we could just be honest with each other and be like, no, you know what? Like you're doing the best you can. And we all, you know, (laughs) you know, that's where that like false front of like oh we've got it all together but what you don't know is we were screaming all the way to church that you're gonna behave and you know right so yeah 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 i I don't know so so again i think i'm pretty clear that this what are people gonna think of me is not about anyone else other than me Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know I'm, i'm pretty clear that it's it's not like i can't I can think of probably less than a handful of times where someone has actually like made a comment about our, our kids and mm-hmm. behavior yeah. or attire. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's happened. But, it's happened. But it's, it's 
much less common than me thinking, oh, what are they going to think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think maybe what I'm present to is um, working for a church and living across the street from a church and all this, all that comes with that. There's just far more opportunities to, to have to wonder that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, working for a manufacturing company where my, my kids are just not ever around anyone that I ever work with or spend right. the whole week with. Right. Or, or, you know. Dad goes to work and then comes home from work. And work is just this thing that dad drives to. Right. As opposed to like, oh, we can walk over and see dad at work. Right. And talk to the people. And yeah. So at the risk of sounding like a faith walking commercial again, (laughs) I I think I'm just really present to the the reality that like, like working full time for a church comes with. (laughs) <laughs> the, the need to know these things the, the need to know like oh when I feel this this is something mm-hmm. I have control of or mm-hmm. this is something uh, th- this response is mine to own right yeah and, and if, if I don't like it I can I can do the work to figure out why yeah 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 and and, mm-hmm. and also the reality our, our kids our kids might be a reflection of something mm-hmm. but but more often than not, they're not a reflection of what we think they're a reflection of. Does that make sense? So, so when I, th- I think when we ask what will people think of us, I don't think people are ever thinking what we think they're thinking. Right. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. 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 Do you want to go to the next one? Sure. Yeah. Or did you have more to say about that? Uh, not, not necessarily, no. Okay. Okay. So on on the marriage episode Mm -hmm. where we told everyone how to how to be a perfect (laughs) couple, we we talked about boundaries. Uh huh. Do you remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. And boundaries were not black and white walls, but were opportunities to make principled decisions. Yes. Yes. How how do you think about boundaries differently? When it comes to the church and our kids. And like when I say the church, I don't, I, I, I'm going to use the word, Over, yeah. the general. Overall, yeah. 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 Um, we, so the thing with our kids, one of the things that we're really trying to be intentional about is teaching them how to be aware of boundaries, how to be aware of their limits how to be self-aware of you know what's going on with them and so I think when they were younger we we tried to be really firm on like nope like this is this is a boundary but I think lately what I've noticed what sorry can I stop you yeah say more about what that means what you just said when they were younger we tried to be firm and saying nope this is a boundary can you expand on that a little bit? You know, like sometimes there are expectations that come out that are like that they like the the church wants our kids to do a certain thing or be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, I no, that's just not that's either not their personality that's out that's way outside their comfort zone and that's just not 
going to be a good experience for our, you know, mm-hmm. whichever of our kids. Um, and so, yeah, we, for example, when Cooper was super little, he, he was not the most comfortable, um, like singing in front of people, mm-hmm. even, even in like his Sunday school class, he was not super comfortable and his teachers were wonderful. Like we're talking like preschool, like little, little. Yeah. And so his teachers were wonderful and were, and did not make him. They just said, you know, it's, they talked to us and they're like, you know, we just have him sit kind of over to the side a little bit. He's welcome to join us, but like we let him kind of be. And, and it was like, okay, that was, that was good because it was an awareness of how he reacted in in groups and so like knowing that sometimes it's like no that's just not just not the kids jam and and that's okay but now um i think we're transitioning into like okay this opportunity arises like someone asks if the kids can do something or the opportunity arises then i think we've kind of found ourselves um going to the kids, sitting them down and saying, okay, hey, this opportunity's come up and we try to talk through the situation with them so that they can start making a decision and, and you know, trying to make it really clear that, that they get to decide yes or no and they, they know what, you know, what they're feeling and what's going on with them. Um, so trying to, trying to say, okay, you know, here's an opportunity to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of our friends would say like parenting is transitioning from like holding their hand to becoming their cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And we've often said like, how do you do that? Like, how is that, how do you transition that? And I, and I feel like this is one of those things, like you start giving them the ownership to make the decision and helping them along the way to understand like what are boundaries and what you know what is going on with their self and yeah so allowing them to kind of make those decisions again with our help and kind of encouragement but making it really clear like you know you know right you can say no it's okay you know or whatever yeah that was a really long-winded answer (laughs) <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm glad you answered. I don't think it was that long. Okay. Um, I'll say that you might be doing those things, but I am not. I I have a hard time. Um, I think I'm doing pretty good, like, like me trying to understand boundaries mm-hmm. better. I don't feel like I have made the transition with my kids at all. Oh, well, um, I don't don't hear me say that I do it every time. No, you do it way more than me. So if, if you're doing I'm, it ten percent of the time, <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm really trying. I'm not always successful in it. I think this is one of the places that I still get stirred up the most when people have expectations of my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from day one of of during seminary, it wasn't a thing because seminary was eight hours away Mm -hmm. and it was all online right 
but once once I started working for a church, I, I found myself like I would get really stirred up. I mean, again, I don't. I, I, this is more about me. All these mm-hmm. things are more about us than mm-hmm. anybody else. But you know, s- someone someone would assert an expectation or a desire for our kids to do something, and I, I would I would like like react super emotionally with a, with a <laughs> no. This mm-hmm. is not no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I think, I think I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think in the last three years I've gotten less emotional, <laughs> but I, yeah. I still find myself like, I still find myself not saying what you say. I, I don't find myself saying, let's ask the kids. I find mm-hmm. myself saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this goes back to one of those principles you and I talked about before recording this, that. Um, that, that that I work for the church. Mm-hmm. I'm on staff for the church, mm-hmm. but but you're not. Right. And and the kids are not. Right. 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 So the the kids serve in places where they're gifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our son runs some tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Our daughter serves in the nursery, and mm-hmm. um, you Amber barely come to church at all. <laughs> <laughs> when, no. I can, when I can drag myself out of bed on a <laughs> yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, Saturday saying? nights can get real rough for you. <laughs> oh, the elders are going to come talk to me. <laughs> but 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 I think you know I think there is that there is that like that is a value that we've named and like just to be super clear the church that I currently work for that that we are a part of mm-hmm. is phenomenal at understanding that never yeah never been ever really, once mm-hmm, mm-hmm, never right. once has has this been an issue so I want right. to be really clear about that too. Um, but I think for me, that's where it stems from of, of like, I, I bristle at even the perception that mm-hmm. some, that someone wants my kid to do something mm-hmm. that, that isn't their <laughs> responsibility. So right. this is not a place of strength for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place of growth and progress. It's a place of growth and progress. I, yeah. I hope, I hope at least, I think I'm progressing, but I think I just, I feel like I can be transparent and say I'm not real good at it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard. It's it's hard to it's hard to parent in general. Yes. And then and then you, if you feel that there are expectations on your kids, you go, I can't meet those expect. Like that's not right. an expectation right. I can meet. Like that's, I'm barely getting supper on the table. Like you can't expect me to do that. So, I totally get that. Like, yeah. 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 And maybe the other thing, I mean, here, this is where the last question, this question and the last question tie together. Um, you know, we mentioned last week in the marriage episode, this, this idea, this, this boundary that we have that says, you know, you don't, you Amber don't have to be in the building every time the doors open. Mm-hmm. And we try to engage that too with our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does feel like that's a harder conversation with kids yeah it it does feel like it taps into that like what would people think yeah it does feel like it hits that nerve yeah a little more for me yeah 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 that piece of advice came from some good friends of ours that we we asked them like how how do you raise kids and and they weren't even in full-time vocational ministry but they were heavily involved in the church and we we had asked them like how how do you get kids that are late high school, early college, 
and have them not be um, like upset with the church or have church baggage like they look like they're excited to be at church they're engaged in what's going on at the church like what what is the thing and that was one of the things that they said is just because the doors were open didn't mean yeah that they had to be there and so yeah that was a helpful piece of advice of like okay like again the boundary of like okay is this is this something we want to cross over or not Yeah. yeah yeah is it something that's fruitful and productive for for the child right right is it is it going to grow them spiritually is it going to form them or 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 is this just a i have to be there because dad told me i had to and 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 there's those times yeah yeah um but yeah you you hit on it too i'm glad you said what you said because i mean i think maybe that's the biggest tip of all is like find people that have done this before Mm-hmm. Just parents in general. Just parents in general. I think you're right. I think the people that you're talking about, um, they they never got paid by the church to be on staff, but they were every bit like yeah. invested in ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their kids are amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, we've I, th- I think we've asked them a couple times if they would raise our kids <laughs> until they got to be like 18. And they've always turned us down. I don't. We I don't keep know asking. Why. Yeah. Well, I mean. Persistent widow, right? Like, just yeah. keep asking. <laughs> I mean, before too long, our kids are just going to be 18 anyway. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know. Anyway, <laughs> here's here's the last thing I want to talk about. I think this this sort of encompasses everything that we've been talking about. I, I'm, this is not a question. <laughs> not a question. I, I think when I, when I reflect on parenting, mm-hmm. this is probably whether I'm in vocational ministry or not, but mm-hmm. especially in vocational ministry with all the, with all the PK stuff, mm-hmm. I think I want more than anything, like absolutely more than anything. Mm-hmm. I, I want my kids to love Jesus and to love the church. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I, you know, and then flip that around. I, I don't want, I don't want to, contribute to my kids resenting Jesus or resenting mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. yeah, because of their childhood. Right. What do you want to say about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think having that kind of mantra of, of, you know, we're, we want our kids to love Jesus and love the church helps us give a perspective in like, even some of the battles that you face as with your kids on a Sunday morning, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there, there is just like, you know, what they're gonna wear, right? Whether it's sneakers and a baseball cap or their Sunday best, you know, what what's part of it is what what message am I sending to them, you know, to fight every Sunday of what they need to wear. And, and at the end of the day, is that just something that they're going to fight or is, or is it better to have them just be excited to go to church and not have to battle the clothes or, you know, the clothes are just an example. It could be anything, but, um, yeah, like I, I would much rather have my kid be excited to be there 
than to be angry because I wouldn't let them wear sneakers type of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's just good sound parenting advice. Yeah. Pick your, pick your battles. You know, what's your end goal? Yeah. I, I think I feel this, um, you know, maybe, maybe, no, I, I was going to say maybe, maybe more. I think you probably feel this maybe more. I think I feel this in a sense of, you know, uh, the, the, the number of like meetings at night, the number mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. um, you know, phone calls at hard times or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I think with those things in mind, when we start talking about picking battles, mm-hmm. like those battles just seem so much smaller. Yeah. Right. They seem so much more insignificant. Um, thinking of all the the other potential things that our kids are learning mm-hmm. about the church, or yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I just have this really deep fear that that something we're doing or something I'm doing is going to key them in to say, mm, I don't know that I like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard, but again, we, we do the best we can. And, and that's where the faith of, you know, God, you, you've got a plan for them and I just get to be a part of them, you know, part of their life for this time. And, we're going to do the best we can and let let God take them on that journey if if we can just help them navigate the start of it you know we do the best we can but yeah yeah that feels very baptismal uh, very <laughs> sacramental of you to get into the idea that God promises in baptism to bring them to a a believing faith a relationship with Jesus of confession of Jesus and mm-hmm. yeah again I think that's probably not ministry specific that's every parent every parent mm-hmm. for sure yeah 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 I'm, I mean th- think about it like this if 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 I worked for Frito-Lay and and, <laughs> and I got to bring home Doritos every night yeah. When when would our kids get sick of Doritos? <laughs> Pretty quick. I yeah. feel like I don't know. So so the, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a bad analogy, and that falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I think when when kids are close to something, as close to something as as the church, as the church, mm-hmm. and and I mean honestly, our kids, any pastor's kid. Um, sees more of the church than than a lot of people yeah yeah they they see behind the curtain a yeah. bit a bit more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a there's a sentiment I, I i've heard this i i've not heard this is not in our current church I, i've heard this before where people will say um you know i i i like hot dogs but i don't want to see how they're made yeah I I, lo- I like the church. I love the church. I just don't want to. I just don't want to see behind the. Now, th- that's cop out. Like, th- there's a. We could uh, we could spend a whole podcast talking about that. Right. But I think what I'm trying to say is like, I think kids of church staff get to see the hot dogs made. Yeah. In in ways that 
that can be very disillusioning of yeah. the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It can be. It don't have to be. Right, right. Be. And, I, and I think some of it, too, is, is how do we approach. I'm glad you said that. I was going there, too. You know, like whether it be conflict or whether it be the scheduling issues or demands or, you know, how, how do we handle it and how do our kids hear us talk about it? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and if, if our kids hear us be a little frustrated, like, do we talk to them about like, yeah, it's okay to be frustrated and you have to work through it. Like, yeah. 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 So not, yeah. And maybe, I don't know, I'm just processing on the fly now. Maybe, maybe with such a unique view of the church, maybe our kids are like super ahead of the curve in learning that the church is just a bunch of really messy, broken people doing the best they can. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe they're just getting to see that early on. Maybe they're <laughs> ahead of the curve, you know. And yeah. Maybe we do have this really cool opportunity to say, yeah, you know what? This is pretty tough. Church is pretty tough mm-hmm. for ev- for everyone. I think actually if if we're truthful, I think our kids will probably hate faith walking more than they would hate <laughs> the church because <laughs> we faith walk them a lot. <laughs> yes, I, I, think, I think our kids have been asked to get curious about something about faith. 15 more times than they want to be asked like yes per week 15 more times <laughs> yeah that's probably yeah. true that's yeah probably true but... yeah I, I don't know I, I think that's I think that's probably my biggest fear is you know when, when our kids get to be adults mm-hmm. like man I just want them to love Jesus a whole lot yeah yeah doing the Doing the best you can with that goal in yeah. mind of yeah, love Jesus, love others. Yep, yep, that's right. Love the church. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, what else do you want to say about parenting in, in you know, with one of us working in full-time ministry? Parenting's hard, and don't, get, don't allow the illusion that everyone's got it all together. Preach. Come on yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's got and it together. Nobody's got it together, and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Have compassion on yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when your kid walks into the kitchen and uses a curse word that <laughs> she just heard. Yeah. Doesn't know that it was a curse word. Have compassion yeah. on yourself. Yep. You're not failing as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a learning opportunity. <laughs> it's a learning opportunity. Not that uh, that has ever happened. No. <sighs> have <Yeah>. compassion. <laughs> have compassion. You, you have a book sitting in front of you. Do you want to say something about that? Yeah, um, I can. Um, you, you don't have to. Well, you just mentioned it. And we I did. We can just we don't leave, leave it hanging. No, leave that, it hanging. Would, that would drive me nuts if I listened to this podcast and be like, what book? What you'd book have, was it? You'd have you to know? come back. Yeah, then there'll be a whole, like, underground following that's like, what do you think the book was? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Intrigue. No, um, so um, the book that I have sitting in front of me is called The Pastor's Kid by Barnabas Piper. So um, this is um, the son of John Piper, um, a pretty well-known 
pastor. Yeah. Um, but Barnabas Piper wrote this book, and and um, you know the tagline is finding your own faith and identity. And yeah, he just kind of talks through like being a pastor's kid and and what it's like from his perspective. You know, we we can read a lot of books on ministry, um, but sometimes it's helpful to know like, okay, you were a pastor's kid. What what did you see? What did you feel? What happened? What what can you give insight to that as a pastor or as a a parent like that would be helpful or hurtful or you know so yeah that was really it was insightful um I think at some point we want the kids to read it um yeah just to just to understand like like your dad's a pastor and or your mom or your mom. I was just speaking to our context. Oh, of like, sorry. I just, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like you. Okay, so fine. I'll, I'll generify it. Um. <laughs> generify. <laughs> I don't think generify is a word. Um, Michael Scott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, but like you know, your your parent. One of your parents is a pastor or in full time ministry, and how do you navigate that as as the kid and so yeah we we've read this book and it's been a while since i read it but i think it will be good for the kids to read and for us to maybe reread of like how do we approach this yeah in the most healthy and loving way yeah mm-hmm. I, I, it's been a long time i wish i i, I was going to try to say something intelligent about the book I don't remember it. Do you, want, do you want to read the back cover, <laughs> no. like, so you can? Uh, Should have like... been doing it while you were talking. <laughs> oh, this book, Barnabas Piper, the acclaimed author. Yeah, but I do, I do, like all joking aside, I do remember that it was, it was really insightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like the back says, Dad may be following God's call, but the pastor's kids are just following mom and dad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So trying to, yeah, perspective. Yeah, well, thanks, Amber, for mm-hmm. engaging um, kind of a challenging topic. Uh, you know, I look forward to – what am I saying? That's so formal. It is. Um, yeah, thanks for engaging it for everybody to listen to and just keep plugging here. Yeah. Amber, it's it's that time of the podcast now where we get to share what we're reading or what we're listening yeah. to. Yes. So, Amber, what you reading? So, my book this week is an audio book. Mm. So, I listen to it, but it's technically a book. So. True. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, the audio book I listen to is called This Is My America by Kim Johnson. Um. And this is a, um, I, I guess you would say novel. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not spectacular at this. But um, the the premise is this: this girl's dad is on death row. Um, he has been wrongfully um, convicted of a crime, and he is. Um, he has a, a date of execution, 
and she has been writing to this organization to try to get them to take the case to get him cleared. Um, I can't remember how many years he's been on the, uh, I want to say like 10 years. I can't remember. And in the meantime, um, her brother gets, um, accused, um, for murder. And so it's, it's based in Texas. Um, and so it's, um, talking, it, it delves into like race and, um, convictions and, and, um, conviction rates and, and, um, the, the, the racist dynamic that can be present in those situations. And so, yeah, it was a super interesting read. Um, this is my America by Kim Johnson. I'd, I'd recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so Kurt, what you read? I recently finished a book called Shrink by mm. Tim Subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just cannot recommend it enough for um, anyone that is in a church leadership role, not just mm. paid, not just staff, but any sort of church leadership role. Uh, maybe even informal leader, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have so not read this one. You have not, but you should, um, because you are in an in, you are in a, a church <laughs> leadership role. Yeah. Um, so the 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 idea of this book is that over the last twenty years, that there has been a, a movement in the church, like the, a shift, the universal church. Yeah, a, a shift to measuring success as bigger better faster stronger mm-hmm. and and you know i think in a lot of ways our sort of earliest our, our sort of earliest entry into church leadership would have would have reflected that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like success is measured by how many people are attending on sunday how, mm-hmm. how how many staff you have um you know yeah bigger better faster stronger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tim Suttle um, asserts that, um, that that the actual measure of success for a church leader is faithfulness. Mm. Faithfulness to God's call to make and equip disciples. And, and what's so interesting is um, he, he, he asserts actually that, that oftentimes being faithful as a church leader to those things will, will not look like bigger, better, faster, stronger. It actually mm. looks like the opposite. Hmm, looks like smaller yeah um so you know as a as a pastor as a church staff member i I just found this incredibly fascinating you know i think it's just my deepest desire to be faithful to the call that that god has given me and i think the language around this in shrink is super helpful Mm -hmm. um just to imagine how do we as the church measure success Mm, and what do yeah. we want success to be and what does god how does god define success for us as church leaders sure so yeah it's really 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 good hmm. um i think yeah i think i would recommend it to anybody okay. in church leadership have to add that to my list yeah it's really good <laughs> um okay so we want to give all of you listeners a bonus what you're reading yes because amber yes. and i are um are reading a book uh, together. If if you're listening to this 
you know, soon after we record it, it's Lent. Yes. We've just passed Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you hear this, if you're listening to it shortly after, um, it'll be like Monday or Tuesday after Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we are going through a Lenten devotional together called Falling into Goodness. And a side note, I think this this could be used any time of the year. It could. It, it could. really could be. But yes, yeah. But it's structured. Yes, it's to, structured around Lent. To start at Ash Wednesday yes. and go through Lent. Yeah. Uh, so this is by Chuck DeGroat. Chuck DeGroat mm-hmm. was a professor of mine. Um, and, and again, this is called Falling into Goodness. And, and we we just love this. We, we mm-hmm. both read this multiple Lenten I'm, on, I'm on year three. I've been tracking how many times I've read this. I'm on year three. It, so good. It is so good. So Amber and I love this so much. And, and actually, our, our two Trinity campuses are, we're inviting um, both campuses to read this as a, as a church mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we believe in this so much and love this so much that, that, that Amber's actually going to read like just a little bit yeah. here just to give you a glimpse. Yeah. So um, this was from today's reading. Um, It says, so here's today's invitation to you. Embrace your creatureliness. Admit your limitations. Acknowledge the ways in which you've tried to avoid them. And hear the spirit whisper to you, you are enough, just as God created you, just as you are. So good. So good. So so the premise of the book is that, I mean, obviously... Ash Wednesday, we are created from the dust, we'll return to dust. Mm-hmm. So the, the theme of this book is is like returning to the ground, like mm-hmm. be, being grounded in our creatureliness and, mm-hmm. and that that's not bad, not shameful, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. And, and that's where we find our most full flourishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. So Falling into Goodness by Chuck DeGroat. It's it's a great it's a great Amazon buy. Um, if you don't have a Lenten devotional, it's a good pickup. Yes, indeed. Amber, thanks for sharing your book. Yeah. Until next time, huh? Yes. Till next time. The Date Night Podcast was written and presented by Amber and Kurt. Produced by Kurt and Amber. Intro music and interlude selected by Amber and Kurt. Editing by Kurt and Amber. Logo and thumbnail created by Amber and Kurt. Research and fact-checking done by Kurt and Amber. This has been a production of Amber and Kurt.